Welcome back to the Hour Time Podcast, the podcast for Watch Geeks by Watch Geeks. I'm John Biggs. I'm Victor Marks. And today Nicholas is off. He has a uh, he had COVID. He's very he's very uh, he's very grippy. Uh, I guess you could say. The people still use the word grippy. They still that, yeah. that idea, that concept, the whole influenza thing. Yeah. Yeah. So what do we got going on this week? Obviously, uh, everything is in turmoil. So the only thing that can that can bring us joy and happiness is the crypto. I mean, is the, is the crypto oh, no. industry? No, no, no. <laughs> oh, is the watch industry? Uh, and even those guys aren't doing a great job. What's what's going on with Yema? Yema has been on on a roll, right? They've been doing hit after hit. They did the the Superman in forty one. They did the Superman thing in forty in thirty nine millimeter. Um, you got the review of that, didn't you? You saw one of those? Mm, no, I didn't see. I, I haven't seen a Yema ever. Oh, really? So they sent me one a while back. It was a, a 500, millimeter, 500 meter water resistance thing, which was pretty awesome because they packed 500 meters of water resistance into a normally thin, like 13 millimeter case. Mm-hmm. And they, they sold it with a 41 millimeter with 20 millimeter lugs or 39 millimeter with 19 millimeter lugs, which was a kind of weird choice. But otherwise, perfect watch. Great little thing. So okay. I thought. And now they are doing a Kickstarter for their integrated bracelet kind of watch. Which is, which if you look at it is very, very, uh, how you said in English is very, very, um, uh, Royal Oak style. Well, there's a certain, there's a certain something going on. It's not a copy of any one thing, but it is, it is in that whole Gerald Genta who designed the Royal Oak kind of milieu. Mm -hmm. Right. It, it's, no, no one used a bezel quite like that, although the um, the, the Vacheron Constanto version of it kind of did. No one used a case kind of like that, although it's more Nautilus than not. Mm-hmm. The bracelet isn't any one of them. It's its, its own kind of thing. The dial is kind of Nautilus, but instead of being completely horizontal stripes, they're, they're curved like a smile. Mm-hmm. So it's it's trying to be a part of that kind of thing without being that thing. Yeah. No, it's definitely, it's definitely within some kind of like, it's definitely in, within some kind of milieu. I mean, I'm looking at it and I actually, I, I like it. I like the way it looks, which is interesting. Uh, I, I wouldn't normally look at a three hand like this. I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit upset about the, uh, about the price, it's about 1400 bucks on Kickstarter and then 2,800 yeah. when it's, it's like whatever. Uh, on, it feels like a lot. So why are yeah, they charging so much? Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, you tell me. You tell me. Okay, since I was thinking, of, so they're they're charging so much because they they got they kidnapped five designers from different companies. They they kidnapped a couple guys from AP. They kidnapped a guy from Omega, and they kidnapped someone else that I can't even remember. And so they have 120 years of combined expertise behind designing their own movement for this thing. Okay, so they so they yeah it's it's a, it's a manufacturer, right? It, they're they're saying it's in house. It's a manufacturer movement. They're saying that it's um, it's a micro rotor. So instead mm-hmm. of having a big chunky rotor that's the size of the whole movement swinging around back there, it's a little teeny tiny movement ro- micro rotor that's made out of tungsten, mm-hmm. which is more dense than gold. And so that should make it super efficient for winding. Okay. They have the the balance wheel under a balance bridge, which is something that you don't see in so many movements. The the you know, the Omega 9300 coaxial has a balance bridge. The Rolex 3135 and the 3235 movements have balance bridges. And the Newton movement from Soprod has it. 
And those are the kind of the four that I can think of. And the point of that is that it, it makes the balance wheel more stable. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of a neat trick. I was looking around to try and figure out if this was not a real in-house movement, if this was just someone else's that they borrowed. Yeah, exactly. And slapped their name on. And I couldn't find it. So there are a couple of Chinese micro rotor movements. This is not them because the layout is wrong. It doesn't match up. There's a, a voucher Fleurier movement that is a micro rotor movement. Swiss, popular, nice. This isn't it. I, I, if this is not in-house, I don't know where it came from. So I guess I just have to accept it kind of is. Yeah, so they had to have built it themselves. Yeah. One of the neat things they're doing, so people talk a lot about movement finishing, right? Geneva mm-hmm. stripes and anglage and, and all of the kinds of perlage and all the sorts of things that make it look fancy, right? That make it catch the eye. And the, the practical benefit of doing those things is that by creating those ridges in the movement surface, it catches dust and dirt and prevents it from gumming up the works. But it also makes it look real pretty. Mm-hmm. What they've done is the opposite of that. Instead of doing all of that work to make it pretty, they they have just gone ahead and done what they call atomic vapor deposition. Okay. Which is like PVD or physical vapor deposition, yeah, yeah. but it's at the atomic level. Oh, there and we so, go. Perfect. So, so the movements are matte with some polished surfaces and some polished edges and then coated with this, this atomic vapor deposition in colors that match the dials. So if you got a green movement, you got a green dial. You got a blue dial, you got a blue movement. Well, look at us. We're going to be the happiest, happiest boys in the world if, they, if we get our hands on one of these things. No kidding. That's all I, that's all I could say. Now, one, one of the problems that I sort of mentioned in the write-up I was writing about this was, you know, we, we, we attach a lot of, of prestige to the in-house manufacturer movement, don't we? I think so, yeah. Okay. What if we're making a big mistake? Like, what if they made something in-house and the big wonder was that, yeah, they made it in-house, but it turned out to have a lot of quality problems? Are we suggesting that these folks are going to have some quality problems? Well, all we know, we don't have data. We have anecdotes. And the anecdotes that we have are a couple of people jabber-jawing on Reddit saying that they had trouble with their three-hand Navy graphs. Yeah. So it's entirely possible that these things are perfect in every way. But that it's a valid question, right? If you have an ETA 2824, they've been making those things since the 1970s, 1980s, right? Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty, uh, all the bugs have been worked out, right? Mm -hmm. They know how to make those. And the same is true of like the Rolex 3135. That 3135 was in use from like 1989 until last year. So decades of experience knowing what goes on with those things to know that they're solve all the problems, right? The same, same with the Seiko NH35, right? Those things have been around for decades. No problems. Mm -hmm. When you make a new thing, it's entirely possible you might have some bugs to work out. Yeah, hundred percent. Like I'm, I'm thinking to myself, look, the that whole that whole idea that no, nobody's nobody's been able to pull off like a a processor, right? Uh, until Apple pulled it off, they really it was always been Intel AMD. AMD. They've been fighting it out for for decades. Well, you, and you I had, would, you had little small time guys yeah. like Cyrix that was backed by IBM. Yeah, but I'm not. Or, it's I'm not going to say I'm not going to go and say, hey, uh, hey, folks, I'm going to uh, I'm going to build my own chip for for my laptop right. i'm going to use i mean something off the shelf and what what a bespoke yeah. movement like this or what a manufactured movement like this says is we're doing something completely da- different yeah absolutely but who knows who knows if it's uh who knows if it if it's going to work 
Right. So there's there's kind of a risk reward sequence here, right? You, know, you get the risk of getting something that could be really really awesome or could have a few bugs to be worked out. And to to Yama's credit, even the guys that are harping and bellyaching about it on Reddit say that their turnaround time is super fast. Mm-hmm. That you know they they've gone to service, they've sent something back, it's taken a month to get fixed and shipped right back to them, which is incredibly fast for the watch. Yeah, exactly. World. So. All right. Well, what else do we yeah, got going $1, on? Fifteen hundred bucks. It could be good. Fifteen hundred bucks. Yeah, I would. I would do it. I'm just. I'm not. I don't know. We'll see. I, I'm. I, I'm into it. I'm really into it. But I don't know if I'm. I don't know if how deep I'm into it. Uh, what are we thinking about this Fortnite thing? So wh- who's in Fortnite? Timex is in Fortnite. Timex. Timex Please. is in Fortnite. Oh my god. See, that's all even right. Dumber. So, so first of all, explain Fortnite. So Fortnite is a game where you what you run around as a person and you have guns and you shoot each other and then. Uh, and then you can build like it's like it's like Minecraft with guns. I think is the is the literally the answer that that anybody needs to know. Okay, you can you build stuff and you run around and you shoot each other and then and then you and you build like cat you like like protection for yourself. All this other stuff. My son yeah, my son so plays it, but I'm not into it. I, I figured that's why I asked you. So they have they have battle royale mode, which is what you described. They got a co op mode, so you can work together, and they've got a creator mode, so you can build like Minecraft. And what makes them interesting, a couple of things, right? Instead of just releasing the game and then releasing uh, downloadable game content to update it, they have what they call seasons. And mm-hmm. so they they update on a season base and then you know, the new season is going to have all this new stuff kind of thing, which is an interesting way of approaching it. They do in-game experiences. Like they've had concerts in the game yeah, yeah. where they've had musicians come and perform virtually and you gather around a stage in-game. And 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 the, and the kids are into this stuff. They, they, we 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 can all agree that the kids are really into this kind of like this 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 game. First off, they love the game, and they also I think all the all the associated content, and all the all the associated ideas, and all these uh, what you call it's all these goofy um, concerts and everything. Everybody's into that, so it's yeah. it's super popular. It's crazy popular, and it's and it's popular to a degree that I don't think most adults understand. Yeah, I mean, so so there, you call this kind of living in game world or working in game world kind of thing almost a metaverse, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's a cheesy name, but that's what people are calling it. Fine. So there's Meta, which is Facebook's version of it, which sucks. No one uses that. There's no one has legs in Meta's one. That's fine. Um, Fortnite, which kids love, hugely popular, hugely successful. The other successful one is Roblox. You heard of Roblox? Okay. Yeah, of course. Yeah, Roblox was was kind of the same deal, and people could build and and make things, but also socially interact, and and hugely popular, super popular. You know, Walmart has, has dumped a ton of money into Walmart World or Walmart Island inside of Roblox, <laughs> and, which seems and I, nutty. And it's yeah, it's completely nuts. But what look, we we how, how 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 can we how can we argue these points? It's like it's like saying like. Well, people are really into these video games, and they keep putting quarters in that Pac-Man. But what are we? It's, it's waste of money. Yeah. Well, no. For us to complain about it is kind of is completely ridiculous. It's like we have we have no leg to stand on in this. Well, if if you were case. an advertiser, right? If you were someone with a product or or a shop, wouldn't you want to be where the tons of kids are? So obviously, yeah, yes. 100%. Yeah. So. The the Walmart thing inside Roblox sucks on ice. It's completely horrible. The Timex okay. thing is kind of interesting because the Timex thing isn't just, hey, let me sell you a watch. 
which you could totally okay. expect that it would be and would be a flop. Instead, they've got an island and you join that island and they've got six challenges and the challenges are all race against the clock kind of challenges. Mm-hmm. So they're all time-based and Timex wristwatches are power-ups. Okay. And so oh. there's, there's actual right. gameplay involved here that's supposed to be kind of fun even if it's if you know it's got a little bit of branding to it supposed to be kind of fun remember it's that that's the answer have i played it (laughs) do i am i a big Fortnite player no i i no (laughs) yeah i'm not you know my kids got a switch light i i haven't got a haven't got a uh fortnight on it i don't think anyway so i mean look it's a it's an interesting idea i talked to i talked to the folks at rane remember those guys the uh the, the guys who put like uh a bunch of watches on the blockchain. Yeah. So I talked to the CEO last week at, at Web Summit, and he pointed out that it's it's taken off. It's actually working. So the idea originally was that you put like you put like the the the, the your watch on the blockchain. You put your you, you can you can buy and sell your watch, and the commu- and the company can actually communicate with you, the watch owner, because you own the NFT of the watch. It's not like they have to you have to like reach out to them in case there's like a in case there's a problem or whatever. Hmm. So if you say if you say like uh, if there's a recall, let's say, I mean, that's, it's rare, but it's going to, it might happen. Yeah. You basically can, you basically have this NFT that the company can reach out to you and say, Hey, whoever you are, we don't know who you are. We don't have to know who you are, but if you want to have your, if you want to have your watch fixed, just get in touch with us and we'll, uh, and we'll hook you up, which is actually pretty cool because it, because it completely, it completely separates out the, the ownership of, ownership of products from, from identity the, of product from the identity of the product yeah or identity of the owner of the product yeah that's pretty I'm trick not, so i can yeah. remember when there was a recall kind of mm-hmm. um the, the first omega watches had that they had the coaxial movement the uh we're using a movement called 2500 and there was the 2500 version a b c and d mm-hmm. and they had those revisions because they kept having problems with it well, they were working out the bugs because yeah. no one had ever done that before. And and so that was kind of a recall situation. But obviously, you wouldn't know unless you sent your watch for service. Here, it's more like a car recall where they can reach out to you, but they don't even have to have a, a registration mm-hmm. to know your name to reach out to you like they do with cars. They just simply find that you're the owner on the NFT on the blockchain and say, okay, there you go. Yeah, and if you don't want, if you don't want to deal with it, if you don't care, then yeah. whatever. It just doesn't, doesn't matter. You don't have like to reach out ways. to them. Yeah, that's like kind of cool, actually. Yeah. Finally, finally, someone found a use for NFTs, and it turns out it's exactly. a product database, project registration database. Well, it's 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 silly, but that's that's actually it took so long for this thing to happen that it's so it's completely ridiculous, but it's it's finally hit, which is which is I guess is the answer. It's the only it's the only way to think about it. So there's kind of a weird disconnect there, right? If if I sell the watch without also selling the NFT, then yeah. Uh, but but again, I think I think right now, right now, if we're talking just like absolutely, absolutely, like straight up, just discussing this, the the point is, who cares, right? <laughs> it's it's not it's like separating the two is definitely not. You're not gonna you're not break making or breaking anybody's life, right? I think eventually there's gonna be a situation where yeah, I'm gonna pop on, I'm gonna wear my I'm gonna wear my my watch in the game. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to wear it and I have to, you have to prove that you own it. That's that, that's right. kind of Ikea. That's, uh, that's kind of ideal. Yeah. So that sort of, that sort of control is absolute. And it's, and it's, it's that we don't have it yet is actually kind of, it's kind of actually kind of silly. Well, there's this whole issue of multi-game inventory that's, that's been talked about for a while, but never worked out. Right. Mm-hmm. 
you know, the idea that you should be able to take your, your game inventory from one game to another. And, and part of the issue is all the stuff that goes on behind the scenes to make that work. And part of the issue is how would that even work, right? If I'm carrying my Minecraft axe into the Sims, what, what am I going to do? Break a hole in the wall of the Sims house? I don't know. I don't. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like the <laughs> the, the physical, why the physical, does this make sense? Yeah, the physical systems. Like, if we're talking about physics or we're talking about just the general idea of these things, there should be some kind of there's some kind of control there. I don't know. It, it's it's it, that's not for us to decide. We're not we're not the audience for this by any stretch of the imagination. And I I would argue that even our kids aren't. I would argue that we're at, we're at a point in in history where everything is so up in the air that even even the younger folks who are playing this stuff don't understand what they're playing. Cause, cause look at us where we played 800 XLs, Atari's back in the old days. Mm-hmm. Did we think at any point in history that we'd be able to recreate, I don't know, a sexual mis- misadventure with like a, I don't know, a, a Czech woman in 3d using a visor produced by a kid who dropped out of Harvard and made oh, a God. website that allows <laughs> us to connect with people that we don't know and probably wouldn't like in real life yet is, uh, is the obvious, uh, is the choice for most of us in terms of social interaction. Uh, and that that video or that experience would soon become so realistic and that the uncanny Valley is almost completely gone and soon will be completely, uh, separate from everybody from each other socially. And we'll all just be in some kind of weird, uh, weird, I don't know, sex hand thing that will just what's, like, what's so interesting about that is that all of the things that you said, all of the pieces of that had precursors that we did see back then that we did know about that back then, you know, first of exactly. all, the, the whole, the whole, the kids are going to be socially disconnected and, and handicapped has been going on for over a hundred years, you know, too much reading books, those books are going to cause them to be socially inter- handicapped and not going to be able to interact. Oh, it's the radio. The radio is going to cause them to to not connect to other people. Oh, it's the television, right? That's That's been going on for ages and ages. And then we had muds and, and mushes. You remember those? Mm-hmm. Text-based adventure, but people online that you'd actually never want to actually associate with. Yep, exactly. We had Leisure Suit Larry, both in text adventure form and in 8-bit color. 8-bit pixel. Yeah, it was pretty exciting. Yeah, it was. And and so all of those things that you named, except for the the kid dropping out of college to make his his Samsung visor headset thing, had had precursors. And and actually and even even the even the uh virus visor stuff had precursors precursors as well. So Yeah. It's uh, it's interesting. It it is. It's it's easy to look at that in reverse, right? It's easy to say we could mash all those ingredients together in reverse now that someone already has. Mm-hmm. At the time, trying to, to pick apart which pieces would go to where was probably not as easy looking forward. I don't know, man. It's a, and, and again, let's, 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 put, let's put our watches on the blockchain. Good, <laughs> bad, two cares. Ultimately, we're all going to there's, – there's far more important things to think about in the world. Yeah. Uh, well, but like let's lunch. talk about watches for 10 more seconds. Looking back. Yes, please. Vintage watches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, right. so, so on, what did you just show, do? We have, you, just, you just did something terrible, right? Well, yeah, well, we have counseled for years to people to not buy a vintage watch because you're going to buy something that's old, that has a history, that has that has a service history that's completely unknown. You have no idea how beat up it's been, any of that stuff, mm-hmm. right? You're buying a risk, right? You're buying, you're buying something you don't even know. And okay. I have done that exactly. Yes, and I and yeah. I I did that I did that as well. So I'm so I'm equally I'm equally uh, ashamed. <laughs> All right, what did you buy? 
I bought a I bought a '79 um, Seiko Speed Timer. That's the uh, the four button chronograph thing. N- no, t- one button. One button. Well, uh, no, two button, two button, two button. I'm sorry, three. Yeah, t- two button. The the thing is, it's basically just like this goofy. Um, it's basically it looks like Darth Vader's helmet, I guess, because uh, <laughs> of the way that the way the case looks. Yeah. And I got it because it looked surprisingly in, w- in good shape. Uh, it was like, it was really kind of cute. Cause it was like a, um, it was, it was, it, 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 it came from Japan. It was well taken care of somebody who clearly like had polished it, taken real good care of it. And I, and I don't know what the heck, I don't know what I was thinking. Cause I have a couple, I have a couple of these stupid things floating around this, this specific model, which is a single register. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just, I don't know. I just figured I'd just go for it. It might be fun. Okay. Did it arrive? It arrived. It arrived. Yeah. Yeah. How do you feel about it? I'm bored. I shouldn't have bought it. <laughs> oh, all right. Yeah. I, th- I think it was a bad idea, but I don't know. Who cares? It's it, I, it's similar. It's similar to my Nazi, my freaking Nazi glycine oh. or whatever the heck I bought, whatever. <laughs> I understand like, that feeling. Am I going to, am I, have I made a bad decision? Yeah, absolutely. Do I care? No, nah, who cares? Cool. Uh, mine literally arrived just before we start recording. Mm-hmm. And what I got is uh, a, called a Duard Aquastar. And this thing okay. dates from about 1962. It's in a case that was used most notably by uh, the Titus Calypsomatic. Okay. Th- that case was shared among a bunch of brands. It was shared among this, this Aquastar. It was shared to Hoga. It was shared to Dima and Damas. It was also shared by Universal Geneve for one of the pole router subs back in 1962, 62 to 65. Um it's it's been around as a case. It was pretty commonly used back then. But what's so cool about this thing is it's got really unique lugs. The the profile of the case is super super unique and it's it's been said that this is kind of the closest way that you can get to that vintage vibe that you'd get out of a 6538 Rolex sub without copying that thing. It's mm-hmm. it's that same time period, it's that same vintage vibe. And it's just cool. This particular one has a, it's the, the dial is domed. It's a curved dial and it's a gray dial. It's not black. So it, it catches the light and, and works similarly to that new silver tutor that they announced that has that taupe dial. Okay. Except mine is cooler. The name on it, the brand name here is Duard. And that was Jean Richard's brand that they used exclusively in Spain. So it's basically an old Jean Richard before Jean Richard renamed themselves to Aquastar and then similarly went out of business. All right. So are you happy with your purchase? I, I also felt like maybe I didn't need to spend the money, but putting it on the wrist, I'm kind of a happy baby. All right. All right. Look, I believe like it's, it's, we shouldn't, we shouldn't shame each other for, for our indiscretions and our picadillos. So I think we're good to go. Yeah. I I could have done a lot worse. This is actually pretty cool. I feel like it could have done a lot worse with the Seiko, but I just don't, I don't feel like wearing the Seiko. It's just not, it's for some reason, for some reason, some reason, this, a non-modern Seiko just doesn't, just doesn't appeal to me anymore. I thought, yeah. I thought it did. I think, I think what it is, is I bought a lot of, I bought a lot of Seikos early on. I think I got every single one of the, uh, one of the Chronos and I mm. just didn't, I don't know, just didn't feel it. And I think, I think I'm past that. So it's easy anyway. to get worn out on stuff. It's easy to get worn out, especially especially as we as we as we head towards middle age and uh, and slow death. So, I'm I'm ultimately just uh, embracing the uh, the terror that awaits us. 
And with that, I think we should uh, we should close off this episode. Hopefully, Nicholas will be back. He can he can bring things a little bit chip more chipper for us because <laughs> I think uh, I think just just us on the call turns this thing into a, a pity party. Ah, I've got a great watch. So there. Good, good, yeah, good. I'm glad for you. This has been the Our Time Podcast. I'm John Biggs. I'm slowly waiting for the heat death of the universe. <laughs> and we will see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Our Time Show, the official podcast of wristwatchreview.com. Feel free to email us at tips at wristwatchreview.com with your feedback and suggestions. And please be sure to visit wristwatchreview.com and wristwatchreview on Instagram for more fun watch content. Have a nice day.